You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. We were waiting for some really good news coming out of Big Cat Weekend, and we did get some good news. Auburn got two commitments for the 2024 class, but one of the things that we were waiting on is to see who from the 2023 class was going to commit, and it happened today. Ashley Williams, who decommitted from Nebraska on Sunday, announces his commitment with the Auburn Tigers. Let's take a look on at his information here. He's a Nebraska decommit, four-star weak side defensive end uh, out of Zachary, Louisiana. He stands tall at six foot six, two hundred twenty pounds. He is the two hundred fiftieth recruit in the nation. He's the seventeenth ranked recruit in the state of Louisiana, and he is nineteenth at his position. He is the sixth overall commitment in the twenty twenty three class, and is the third Big Cat Weekend commit. He joins Wilkie Denod as the second four-star edge prospect to commit within the past two weeks. Brock Bellatani is credited as the primary recruiter for Williams. Now, considering how important this pickup was, just want to get your guys' thoughts on this. I'll start with you, uh, B-Will. How you feel about this one? Treat your boys. Chill Boys underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys underwear will help you keep the boys close, uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. Glad to see them domino star falling. You know what I'm saying? We heard it. Everybody heard it. I mean, precise people were reporting all over the place. So to see the flip happen, because one thing, okay, so we hear things, and then, you know, some people hear things when we hear them. Sometimes we hear them sooner. But we heard really good things about Big Cat Weekend and the impact it was having. I was going to be terrified if we came out of that weekend and none of that stuff happened. If that weekend only netted us two 24 commitments, mm, that's not quite the, the positive momentum that we needed. But one of the flips that had been widely reported happened. All right. Now let's go. We heard it. It happened. Now I want some more. I want some more. I want more flips. More commits. I, it, it doesn't matter if it's three, four, or five. As long as you're filling needs with guys who you can develop, that's what we need. And the coaches seem to be kind of keying in on that. One thing I'm noticing on a lot of, uh, you know, the war report, we're following all the college football sites and, and accounts and looking at like the rivals recruiter account, right? 
And so it's like this person announces on this day at this time. And here are the five schools he's choosing from. Years past, it used to be Auburn would be one of those five. You know how often Auburn was one of those five that, that got picked? We were always losing. The difference now is we're not in that group of four for the best wide receiver in the nation or the second best wide receiver in the nation. We seem to be focusing our time and our energy on recruits that we can get and that want to come here. It's one thing I said about, he was like, hey, you know, no matter who we want to get, people have to want to come here, right? That's the difference. We're focusing our energy on getting guys who want to come here and who we have a good chance of getting. There's no way you can expect to go out and say, hey, wide receiver, we haven't had a wide receiver go over a thousand yards in like 30 years. You should come here. For what? Well, don't go to Bama. They all, they got a Heisman winning quarterback, but don't worry about that. You, you've got to sell me something. You have to be selling me some, some objective reasons why I should come to your school. And realistically, Harson knows this is why he said it at uh, SEC Media Days. You got a lot to show. Like, I'm, we're telling him just watch. Now, defense, we're showing some stuff. Even before, we, we haven't had like a, uh, the best edge rusher we've had projected to the next level. I want to say probably D Ford. D Ford went, he put on, got to that second contract. I think that's the best you can do for somebody who comes through your program. We're going to equip you to do well out the gate and get to that second contract. Then that's on you. The rest is on you. Cool. Then, then we're set. D Ford did that. Um, maybe Holland should have stayed another year, developed a little more, but he was dynamite for that last year he was here. Derek Hall has a chance to be the one, the first one since D Ford to go. He's getting the acclaim preseason. They they saw it last year. They saw those flashes. He said, I saw where I messed up at. I'm going to clean that up. Don't set some records. Everybody's looking for him to set those records. So when you go to an edge now, you say, hey, we already got a guy that's about to get out of here and go first two, three rounds. And he's and you tell them that he's going to get exactly to where he needs to be because partially you got a guy who recruited from college to the NFL and he's going to be talking to scouts, telling scouts what they need to hear about you. I got to imagine that's a really big sale now, not only for the players, but for their parents. Do you realize when you come on campus for a recruiting weekend, you're going to meet the coaches, you're going to meet the other players. And then if I was Brian Harsh, you know, the first person I'd be introduced to the parents. Here's a dude who all he did was look for talent in the NFL. Let him tell you where he sees your kid going. What defensive coordinator in the NFL he knows would love to get a hold of your son? Man, that's program building right there. That's program building. I see it all coming together. I'm hoping it continues to come together because I don't think Nebraska can match that type of expertise. Plus, it's also Nebraska. So, you know, it sucks up there. And uh, we win. We win. Stark by says uh, Bellatani is killing it. Thoughts on the job he's been doing. I mean, again, he was also very close to Keldrick Falk, who we missed out on a few weeks, been responded with these two guys in the past two weeks. So uh, thoughts on what Bellatani is doing. I think it just shows that despite what people think, Auburn's not putting all of their eggs in one basket. They have a board and they're just working their board. Like it's it's like draft, man. And this is the way you're supposed to do it. You're not just going to swing for the top guy. And if you miss, then you don't have a recruit that's coming in. 
They've got a board of people and they're working all of those people. They're putting and that's why you, you get a robust staff so that you can work more than one recruit at a time. You don't have to put all of your resources behind trying to figure out whether or not this one person is going to recruit to you. You right. recruit them really hard. They commit. And what's clear is. You know, uh, what what did you call it? Be will dirty macking. They are yeah. committed to the dirty Mac because they oh, like, yeah. I don't care if you recruited. To, did you sign yet? Mm-hmm. Are y'all married? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all ain't married, that don't mean nothing to me. I don't see no uh, signature on that paper, though. They, they don't care, bro. Like, they you just said, like, if you ain't married, I mean, you're still single. I, <laughs> I, I saw you change your Facebook status to in a relationship. But, uh, <laughs> you got Nebraska in your bio, but I, yeah, I, I think in your heart, I, though. I hear you, but I you know, in your mind. Like, and so I, I'm, listen, I'm glad that they're saying to themselves, it's not over until signing day. And they're committed to continuing to develop the relationships, even to the point of continuing to develop relationships with people after they've signed to say, just in case you ain't happy. Well, that part probably ain't so open because, you know, that's kind of illegal tampering. But, you know, still, they're just going to be nice and be like, hey, just checking in with you. You doing all right? You know, I noticed you were sitting on the bench on like, la- la- you know, I was watching the last game you sit on the bench. You, you okay? You good? Mm-hmm. Little pat on the back. You know, I love it, man. I love, I love what they're doing. Um, from a relationship building standpoint, and a commitment to say, hey, you are a guy that we want on our team, and we're not going to stop pursuing you just because you told us no. It sounds a little creepy, but it's okay. Thoughts on this, Mike G? Yeah, I, I'm just not sure what everybody was expecting. Like, were they supposed to just stop recruiting kids just because they're yeah, not? Apparently, in the they front thought that's what's yeah, like, happen, yes. I, it's just, I, it's pretty. I'll have a lot to say on this. Um, we expected commitments to come in just later, and you know, I just don't think Auburn is the school that you recruit you commit to super early in the process. But it's not what's happening is happening all over the country right now. There's a lot of kids who committed last year who are reconsidering those commitments this summer. And uh, we're going to get some of those kids. So uh, I expect more of them to come in. And, uh, you know, it's been said many times, Harson said at media days, the message is watch. So they've got to go out there, put something on the field for for, for kids to know what they're committing to. Um, it doesn't mean that they can't sell a dream before. It's just more effective when you compare that with something with tangible on-field results. Right. They've only got one year's worth. Um, it also is, you know, they're making up ground. These relationships aren't built overnight. You know, the the coaches that they're recruiting against have been uh, former relationships with a lot of these guys for years. And you come in, and now you're trying to undo some of that and and get them to commit to your school. You have to have something compelling, you know, for someone to come in at the last minute after I've been talking to this other dude for two years, and you're a new coach in the SEC. I think that's why a lot of people wanted us to hire a coach with Southern roots, because you could hit the ground uh, running a little faster, you know, if those relationships are already established with high school coaches and in the region, but that's not what we got. So he's here. Let's just give him time to work the process and catch up in that regard. And, you know, I think it's happening. So um, Ashley Williams will not be the last flip that Auburn has. And, um, you know, again, I, I think that they're going after guys that they feel like they have a realistic chance of getting rather than star chasing, which was, what I feel like Gus did, which is why so many of those guys busted. You're recruiting a guy at the top of a list. You know, Dowden used to recruit like that. Tuberville stopped it. 
He was like, we're not going to go after a dude just because he's at the top of the list or because Bama's going after him or Tennessee's going after him. We're going to go after guys that we feel like are a good fit for our system. I think it worked out pretty good for him. So if Harson is bringing that same energy, I think it'll work out here too. Indeed, indeed. We'll, we'll continue to monitor recruiting, um, especially the fallout from Big Cat. But great news as, as Ashley Williams announces his commitment to Auburn. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. Guys, over the past week or so, we've talked wide receivers and running backs, but tonight we're going to discuss tight ends. So returning, of course, at number 23, John Samuel Schenker, 85 Tyler Fromm, 86 Luke Deal, 87 Brandon Frazier. Coming in this year is true freshman Michael Riley Ducker and Candom Etheridge. And Hayden Bryce, who's exhausted his eligibility, will not be returning this year. This is our tight end room. And of course, last year, the leading receiver of this room was Shank with 33 catches, actually becoming the first tight end to garner over 30 receptions in a season in several years. He ended up with a total of 413 yards, uh, was definitely an option in the passing game. Uh, right behind him was Tyler Fromm, who had eight catches for 93 yards. Luke Deal had nine catches for 65 yards. Let's start off with Shanker. He was pretty much the primary receiving target out of the tight end position. Ike, what's your thoughts about him? Do you expect more out of him this year, or what what are your thoughts? Shanker, this is the first year that he has focused on football the entire time during the offseason, so I expect that to pay dividends. Um, I think that he is committed to wanting to go to the NFL, and he knows that he needs to come out here and put up some numbers. Uh, you know, we had a conversation with him. You can go check that out on our YouTube. We definitely had a building report. Where we talked to him. Uh, he thinks he's going to have a better year this year. So I'm going to go with what he said, which is he's been devoted to getting the rapport built with these uh, quarterbacks and getting in here, focusing on his craft. He knows things that he could do better. Uh, he's already a good blocker. He's already a good pass catcher. He's trying to get better in route running and just making sure that he's securing um, catches when they come in his direction. I do think that Shanker's going to have a good year this season um, because I think that our tight end group is going to be a focal point of our offense, and he is the senior leader in that group. Um, so I expect him to go out there and do some good things for us. So with with Shanker being the, the leading returning uh, receiver out of the tight end room, Who's number two? Who do we expect to, to, to be that guy? Does Fromm take the next step, uh, in your opinion, be Will? Or who, who's a guy that you're looking to out of this tight end group other than Shanker to have some production this season? Well, I'm, I'm going to say Frazier. I'm, I'm saying Frazier because everybody seems so impressed with his physical stature last season, but he just didn't do much on the field. We saw Fromm catch a, a touchdown or two. Um, Luke Deal got some action, but... When you are what is considered the prototypical NFL tight end body, I expect this staff, if you're still here, especially after last season, I mean, they, they cleared house. So if you weren't on board with the program, 
or maybe he was injured. I mean, I don't know exactly what the case would have been, but if it was a culture fit thing, then I, I think maybe he he leaves if he doesn't feel comfortable here. But he didn't leave. He's still here. Um, he still got the same prototypical NFL size. So I'm going to expect him to be a a frequent contributor. And I'm, I don't know how much. The other guys may be a little, little bit ahead of him because they were able to get on field and contribute some while being a part of the program last year. But I, I am hoping that we see some of that potential that Brandon Frazier flashed preseason last year and, and we see see him get on the field and, and get productive and contribute this year. Mike G, your thoughts about this position group. Uh, what are you looking forward to in, in the 2022 season? Well, Shanker is clearly the leader. I think that he's going to be the standout. I think they, they put that on display during A-Day. So there's an expectation that he will be first tight end out. Um, you know, he mentioned in his interview with us that Fromm was probably the fastest of the group, uh, though I like Luke Deal. Um, you know, I, I, I think you can go a lot of ways after John Samuel there. So uh, Mike, Michael Raleigh Ducker, even though, you know, he's a freshman, uh, you know, he I read, some, I read some crazy stat about him, like he never dropped a pass or something in high school, like just caught everything, literally uh, never dropped a pass. And uh, this will be interesting to see, you know, what what they decide to do in terms of how many tight ends get in, you know, in the game on the field at the same time. Uh, you know, I know Shanker is going to be out there. He's going to be out there a lot. Uh, but um, my expectations uh, are kind of wait and see, depending on what kind of schemes we run and what kind of formations we run uh, to see that if anybody after Shanker gets any significant burn. I would like to see some two tight end sets out there, but you know, we're just going to have to wait and see what this l- looks like. You know, the 2021 20, version definitely focused on the tight ends more than we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they continue down that path. And, you know, having more options out there is definitely going to be a good thing for Auburn football in 2022 because the pass game is going to have to step it up. You know, uh, tight ends can be a really good outlet for the quarterback. When they're looking for a guy to dump the ball off to or, you know, get a quick five yards over the middle, uh, you've got a big body. They can absorb a hit, um, you know, and hopefully drag a guy for a few yards after the catch. So uh, after Shanker, question marks for me. Ike, uh, question for you. Uh, you're you're the film guy. Uh, in terms of formations and, and what we have in terms of depth at the tight end position, what do you think this coaching staff, particularly Harson and Keesaw, wants to do utilizing their tight ends this year? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I definitely think that we're going to see multiple tight end sets. We saw it last year. If you go back and look at film, you saw, um, you know, two tight end sets pretty frequently in what mm-hmm. we were trying to do specifically in the run game. I just think that we are going to be able to utilize them more in the pass game. Um, you know, a a quarterback's friend can often be a tight end, right? Um, especially if you have speed over the top uh, that threatens that middle of the field situation is right where the tight end can 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 get busy. And I think that we have the pass catching ability in the tight end position for us to be able to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. I do expect a lot of two tight end personnel, 22 and 12 is going to be where we live a lot this year. Even though we've got a, a ton of really good receivers, um, you know, with Landon King moving over into that space, you know, he's kind of a hybrid. Um, so it's really going to be dependent upon how well those guys run block. If they run block really, really well, 
um, sealing edges, making sure that if they're going to be back there as a, you know, kind of an H-back type of thing, if they're going to run block really well, then they're going to be in position to do a lot of great things off of what we get with the naked bootlegs and things like that. Mm-hmm. If Zach Calzada is the starting quarterback, we've already seen the rapport that he built with a tight end group at Texas A&M. So we know that he knows how to utilize the tight end position um, and he looks for those. Again, if, if we're to, to, to believe that last year's playbook was something that Harson and company helped to create, then we should expect a lot of the same formations and a lot of the same things, just different play calling. Because again, different play caller is going to yield different play calls. It's just, I don't care if it's the same playbook, you just don't call plays the exact same way. Uh, so I am looking forward to seeing a, a lot of two tight end personnel try to get on the field pretty often. Uh, Walt says uh, Shanker uh, needs to improve his blocking. Thoughts on that? I think the entire tight end group needs to improve block. I don't know that. I mean, Luke Deal's probably the best blocker out of that group, but even he has some work that he needs to do in blocking. I don't know that there is a tight end in this room that I look at and I say, man, that guy's just amazing at blocking. Like, I think mm-hmm. all of them could use work. But they're they're matchup nightmares in coverage, though. Like, they're all fast. They're all quick. Right for a tight. I mean, again, Shanker. You know, he's a baseball player. He's he he. Man, again, Mike and I were standing up close to him at SEC media days. He's a big guy. Uh, he's bigger than what you would assume. Um, so I, he he's going to be a matchup nightmare for some linebacker or safety. He's too big for a safety. He's probably too quick for most linebackers. So looking forward to it. Appreciate you watching with us, Lawrence Robinson. Lawrence Robinson says, do we see any more sweet speed sweeps with the tight ends like we saw in the bowl game? Do we do that? Yeah, we, we did. did do that. We yeah, did we that are. happen. Yeah. I, so I don't think that that's necessarily even a bad play. I just don't like it for the scenario that it was called in. Um, so it's just one of those things where you've just got to call it at the right time. It's got to be out of the right look. Um, but I do think that we have tight ends that could possibly make that work but it's it's a you only need a few yards type of thing and you want to outflank a defense really quickly when they're expecting something up the middle type of thing and it just what it just what i i didn't like it <laughs> i didn't like oh, the call man. at the time at all so i know with shanker he's like a big part of the passing game i was excited to see guys like from get involved with the passing attack but right. do we think we see guys like michael riley ducker this year given how large of a room that is like, what's the likelihood we see him get onto the field? Maybe in garbage time uh, against against early in the season? Or what, what do you guys think? I think I honestly think it all comes down to who is picking up the blocking stuff the best as to who mm-hmm. is going to play. Yeah. Um, because that's what your primary responsibility is going to be on most plays is blocking somebody. And if you're doing that portion, because I think everybody in that room can catch and run. So I think it's going to come down to who is picking up blocking assignments and understanding and being physical in the blocking game. And if if it's Michael Riley Ducker, then he's going to play. I just don't think that they're going to give preference, especially, again, considering I think that we're going to run a lot of two tight end schemes. So you've got an opportunity for two people to be out there on the field for 20 plus snaps, right, in a game. Somebody's got to take that other spot besides Shanker. I think Shanker kind of gets the nod because of his experience but then after that it's going to be wide open and i think it's going to come down to who blocks the best thomas jones asked how do you guys feel about possible more commitments in the coming days thoughts on that gentleman who knows 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think like it's possible. I, I, there's there's always rumblings that something's going to happen. Um, I think it's more of a wait and see game. I think um, they have some good relationships with some recruits, and if they're ready to pull the trigger, we. I mean, we've heard a lot uh, about some room or rumor, I should say, about some things coming down the pipeline this weekend. But I, I don't have the first clue. I, I can I could never pretend to tell you I know what a 17 year old kid's going to do with his recruitment.